0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify. <laughs>
2: got
3: the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz.
2: And no, I didn't bring anything right here to have fun.
4: Welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plopsky, and it's a quiet life, a perfect life over Whitby Bay. But how do you choose? The weddings give us life after life, but the mist in the modern world keeps us forever young. Get out of Jonathan's bedroom before (laughs) the sun ends, and make the fresh blood deep in the darkest night. All is dark, so say a prayer for the dead, because the heart is slow to learn that if I could fly over Minna's seduction before the summer ends, the longer I (laughs) live. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Minna? <laughs> Good there's God. someone in my past Ram named Minna who really? does that. Yeah, I know. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
5: Victorian
6: novel. Joining oh, us today, not just a Frank Wildhorn musical.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Joining us today are the usual undead ones who surrender, oh, who, s- of who surrender because there's always a tomorrow, including Kevin Nosferatu Jaeger. Ooh, I no? like that one. Fancy. <laughs> Kimberly are the game master's song, an unofficial babysitter for the hour. Okay. Uh, and with us today is somebody you may have seen on Broadway or off and highlights like Anna Karenina, My Fair Lady, Call Me Madam, One Touch of Venus, The Importance of Being Earnest, Major Barbara, High Society, Amour, Short Talks on the Universe, Dracula, Finian's Rainbow, Children and Art, White Christmas, oh, Passion, Do <laughs> I oh, and oh, On oh, a Clear Day You Can See cares? Forever.
5: Okay.
4: those like are that. just the highlights. <laughs> uh,
5: uh, uh, uh,
4: <laughs> Let's give a big Broadway-asted welcome to Woo! Friend of the Show. Friend of the Show. <laughs> You ready for this? Welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. There be a test. Yes. All
7: of the above. I was in all those, and that's even literally. That's probably like one one hundredth of the truth. You know, it's the highlights. Those. Those aren't even highlights.
0: Like the magazine. It
7: depends on what you consider worthy of the word highlight. Is it the boyfriend you had because of it? or uh, case, uh, 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 I uh, think
4: it was out of order. Yeah. Really? Like out of order. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, let's just start with what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Am I saying
7: you to tell the truth? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm drinking what he's drinking. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're drinking uh,
4: the Milagro tequila. We love it. It has
2: the uh, agave, it's the silver tequila. Mm-hmm. Do you it's... know
3: that all tequila has agave?
2: Yeah, but this one has agave written on the bottom.
5: <laughs> okay.
3: So <laughs> you, you know say, which like, one the it is. It's a new kind of tequila. Sweetener. And I am like, that's how. But I thought
7: you were supposed to get thin from drinking it. That's why I chose it.
3: No, but no. when it's made Agave into a sweetener. organic. When it's, it's made organic. into it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. Okay. To be fair. Yeah, it's fine. Tequila doesn't have calories. Well, we didn't start that drinking that. Cal- cal- I'm like confused we're by alcohol. There. Yes. Alcohol Al- has calories?
4: Ma- many of them.
6: Yeah,
3: it has calories. Don't tell <laughs> me that. <laughs> 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 when the, you
4: drink on the podcast and people can't see you drinking, then you're good. Yeah, cool. yeah it's right. Yeah. It's like vacation calories. Raspberry
3: very lime, spindrift, sparkling are. Oh yeah, those are very good. tell the truth. Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah, and then Kimberly?
3: I have our new Hudson maple cask rye. It's
4: really good.
2: Which is very I good. So I don't good. usually...
3: Sip whiskey by itself. Yeah, this is good. But Local this I can to, do.
2: to where we're recording because it tastes like syrup too. We're actually
3: being quite elegant. This is a, a mere sippage in these tiny amounts.
7: <laughs> it <little laughs> <ass. laughs> you, make yourself, like We're so raucous, like, <laughs> like, like two-dollar $2 pitchers of margaritas.
3: There's the track in the corner. And yes. And yes. Absinthe. And I wish. And <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's
7: going on. We're like these nice, educated people, like you know, exactly. sharing a drink at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. End of the day for. Some of you, I have put my kids to bed. <laughs> there is no end of the day. You have no idea. In fact, I almost want to look at my telephone because I actually wrote myself a note at one o'clock the other day because the dog sensed a coyote, so he was barky. You know, and then at like 9.20, Juliet comes out of her room because she was having a thought that something flew into her eye. I said, did you have in your room something just flew into your eye and I said Would you wear that little eye mask I know but something flew into my eye I'm like through the eye mask. So, so then she goes to bed then Diana has a bad dream then Victoria's walking then the dog senses the coyote this goes on until Diana fully can't sleep but like 11 20 then oh, i go no. my husband's lying with her then i go lie with her and then there's a bad dream and i was like i'm half asleep i'm like now who's having a bad dream <laughs> Juliet. i mean at some point victoria wanted me to rub her head and she's upstairs i mean this is that sounds I, like a
2: sitcom like all in itself you know, i know
7: and i actually went on my phone at like one in the morning and i wrote that whole thing down which would be more interesting if i read that t- that little memo but i had to write it down because i was like this is this is my evening. That's <laughs> so know, crazy. It's like a must-heart
4: play? Yeah, I it's really, it
7: is, it's <laughs> so I, have, it has, I have doors on both sides and the one above, so it's really, it's a noise at all. Well. <laughs> oh, It's <my goodness>. perfect <laughs> 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 middle-aged, Broadway star and her kids coming from every door <laughs> and a concern of the uh, dog uh,
6: <laughs> having an
7: extra experience you know and I'm like seriously oh my anyway,
3: god I love that okay. <laughs> oh my god it's yes. you know, amazing how do we train the dog to how always do sense the coyote get your guy going? <laughs> <laughs> under any <these> circumstances <laughs> um, okay no, That's
7: people. amazing. You had to start with this whole Dracula thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, the what? resurrection. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm working on the exorcism of oh, all my demons and the circumstantial <laughs> demons.
4: Okay?
5: What, um, Is this
7: podcast going well? Yes. yes. Of course. Oh. Yes.
4: <laughs> um, do you have a favorite musical?
7: A favorite musical that yeah. I was in or that someone else? Ever. To watch? Hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the, the answer is chorus line. It's always chorus line. Uh-huh. There's nothing better than a chorus line. You know why? And because even though I don't know the three of you, I know you each have rich and interesting stories behind your faces. I can't wait to get to know it there. But you know what? I learned that right at the very beginning, because the whole point of the chorus line was at the audition where people are there to prove their competency, to please the director, right? To come in, God, I hope I get it, and all that. Somehow, the process of getting it became how to be yourself tell your story. And the people who most effectively s- told their stories and shared who they were really touched us. And those were the mm-hmm. stories that I'm sure the research of Chorus Line was incredible. Yeah. There must have been thousands of people yeah. who gave them the stories, but those 12 people are the people who got on that Broadway, yeah, yeah, yeah. in that Broadway script. which is, which, is And the point of the play was that each person touched the director or somehow got heard because they were willing to tell their individual story. And then at the end, you have this. I I tell my kids the kids this all the time. The great thing about that show, my children are small and they're the same age, they're 11, 11, and 13. They're the you same twins. age I was. Yeah. yeah when oh, you don't know that, you're so in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole business is supposed to be like, how did she do it? To <laughs> We're more
0: concerned Instead, they're with
7: the coyote and the dog. Yeah, um no, so the whole point as I tell my young preteen daughters is that at the very end of the show, this this um, a uh, uh, line of people come mm-hmm. out this absolutely perfect and uh, uniform line of golden people in little golden jackets and mm-hmm. perfect tall golden hats and little legs that do everything just exact. They're all the same. And the point of a course line is the exactitude is the balance is the, is the incredible precision of, of letting go all your individuality and working as a team. That's the thing about theater is that it is a team job. But mm-hmm. what I love about that image itself is that they're all the same mm-hmm. at the end. But we mm-hmm. as the audience know each individual person. Yeah. So we know That's really there's interesting.
2: A... Right, Kevin? It's... I know. Look, Kevin
3: I... has just learned about a chorus line. Really? So I knew I knew <sighs> the show but
2: I'm not a dancer.
3: Come to my bosom. <laughs>
2: I'm not a dancer so I didn't know like what the show is about. So like it kind of always eluded me. Dancer, I knew what it was, oh, but I thought
7: it's not about dancing.
2: I thought it was like noises off, but for chorus members. So it was like a madcap kind of like,
3: oh, no, "I lost no. my hat. And
2: where are my shoes?" And no. like we running stayed into like people. an hour late at oh, dinner. God. This one. So, time. so yeah, you we had dinner the other the night, awesome. night, and my, oh, we'll my friend Aaron, was Aaron goes ending. explaining what actually these songs are about, and like because I didn't know like the music in the mirror and, the, and mirror, the mirror. I thought was called the music in the mirror because I've only seen a joke. Uh, video of it where Jessica, uh, Jessica she does Simpson, not think it's a joke. No, Jessica she's not. Simpson is Jessica working. Simpson performed it in high school, and somebody filmed it and like made a whole YouTube video out of it. So that was like the experience I've seen of that song. So I thought from what she was doing, I was like, I just guessed it was All about right, so a I'm boy. Not,
7: you hear it? I'm not quitting.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> it I'm one of the few people left who knows everything, mm-hmm. and I'm going <laughs> to continue to say it to to help yeah. things along because some of the references. Educationally, are completely uh-huh. off and yep. they have to be restored because you're missing stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And mm-hmm. the kids, I mean, they're, they're, they're the process, the, the, the audience is getting created um, in an awkward way. I mean, my kids, I took them to Beetlejuice this weekend, sure. which I absolutely yeah, loved, but so they were ahead the of it. They knew all the lyrics, they knew all the dances and stuff mm. from TikTok.
3: Oh, it's oh, very popular. Oh, they are doing TikTok oh, cool. kids yeah. are already,
7: they're doing, they're saying like, they're, you know, they're busting out like lyrics that say pedophile and martinis. Mm-hmm. And they're going, <laughs> and this big like cocaine sniff. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. They're 10. Sure. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. But they don't have, they learned it on TikTok. Right. And ah. then the show was a, a confirmation of what they learned on an app. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the the, the exposure that like we're such getting. It's a
3: backwards to, way to learn a
7: show. Yes, it, Concurrently, exactly learning like it from yeah. Jessica Simpson's high school YouTube, <laughs> right? Is
4: it's never a good thing.
7: Idea of good background, uh, 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 uh. give me your rest. Come here. <laughs> 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 okay. um, anyway, so that's what only we the saying? tip so of cool the iceberg, slide. but yeah. yeah, my favorite musical because of not so much, well, actually, because of the music of Marvin Hamlisch. sure, King and a God. And, you know, I, one of the things I'm here to talk about is Michelle LeGrand, who's also his um, mm-hmm. contemporary and friend, and they shared the Bergmans, which was the, the lyric writing team. Oh. Um, so this is all the same era, actually. Yeah. So I think that there was something um, in that, um, you know, late 60s and 70s and, you know, later 70s, sort of second wave of the great American musical. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth Rudesky would probably be way smarter on this, but um, that was yeah. still a golden age. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the so, Martin hamish yeah. the David Shires. Oh, absolutely. The, yeah. Yeah, sort of the pre-Angela Weber and so on. The pre—you know—I was a Les Mis person. I was sure. one of the first Cosette replacements mm-hmm. in the late '80s, and so that was a—that's a new kind of musical. Yeah, yeah. But prior to that's the musical that influenced me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I loved that. I loved um, I loved Robert Lindsay in uh, Me and My Girl. Mm-hmm. I'll never get over like the real British pastiche musical, like something yeah. that really feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, like an old English vaudeville um, routine. Like a, just, a, there's something so, so um, you know, me and my girl, it's just so charming. You know, there's something yeah. about that British yeah. charm. And also. And the lamppost, oh, I'm leaning on the lamppost on the corner of the street. And I'm just like, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and even, it was style to me. You know? And even that
4: Tony's ear, he beat all the Les Mis men. So he did. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think that also shows like, sure, there's a changing of the guard, but there's still a place for how we got there, and 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 you even just bringing that up is just like giving. I have me a chills. Big crush on yeah. him.
7: Yeah, he was supposed to take over for Richard Chamberlain when I started My Fair Lady. Mm. Richard oh. Chamberlain did it for a long time on the tour. Sure. And then we did it on Broadway for I don't know, whatever it was—six months or eight months, mm-hmm. or do, but less than a year. But he had already fulfilled his like eighteen-month contract,
5: mm. and he was oh. done.
7: Um, he was done I think that time he was go back to Hawaii and so on he was a huge movie star he had success he got some you know um, acclaim for um, Henry Higgins which he did really well the show was a little more radical than than maybe Richard Chamberlain would be the perfect match for Mm -hmm. or that the Broadway was ready for because this year My Fair Lady was so radical you know with her saying you know, screw off and, like, walking uh-huh. through the yeah. wall and, sure. leaving like the theater. Yeah, um, breaking that
2: fourth wall and going up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
7: Our production was the last Broadway revival right. prior to this year's, and it was meant to be um, equally, if not more, radical, cause, and it got changed. Um, there was I wrote an article in the New York Times about sexism and misogyny and mid-century yeah. musicals, and one of the things I talked about was my production of My Fair Lady, the world wasn't ready for it mm-hmm. back then. And as we got closer and closer to Broadway, they got more and more nervous mm-hmm. by the concepts. Oh. Howard Davis was the director, and he was um, one of the creators of the National Theater. Mm-hmm. He was extremely um, political, extremely left-wing, extremely um, conscious of what George Bernard Shaw meant by My Fair Lady. And he really wanted uh, our production to be rough and feminist, and he wanted right... And without getting into the details of that, if you I'm happy to... But as we got closer to Broadway, Mm -hmm. the producers got more and more nervous. People are going to hate this. It should be a fairy tale. It should be really nice. All of those super edgy, left-wing, British, harsh... um, political things and the look of the sh- he got they they brought in chandeliers they made things prettier they changed my clothes from black at the beginning mm-hmm. I looked like I was supposed to look like Charlie Chaplin mm. and look like a man Oh one of the reasons I got the part was because I'm so strong I'm physically strong I looked tall mm-hmm. and strong I was only 22 but I looked like a young man in their I had they had a vision okay. I, not that I have anything masculine about me but I'm tall really tall so I mean, not really tall. I'm (laughs) I'm tall enough to do that, to to walk that fine line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put me in boots and whatnot, and I look imposing. Right? I'm certainly not little. And uh, the idea was that Eliza, when she was selling flowers, was already um, working in a free market. And she was was completely confident in what she was buying and selling, and it was her intelligence that got her... um, got her uh uh it was the speed of her mind and stuff and that made her go to henry higgins and she wanted to advance herself the girl was already free and as she got her education in um proper english mm-hmm. she was uh, thrown into the bathtub she was changed she found her gender she was sort of pushed back into her she was given a blouse and a skirt and a waistline mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. but then she was only free for the marriage market where she'd been free before, she was one of the. Boys. I, this is the
4: most engaging conversation I've ever heard about *My Fair Lady*. Yeah, I, oh, I,
7: I think, want this. Well, well, great. Here it yeah. is. I'm telling you, of course, yeah. *My Fair Lady* got yeah. me. Because uh, even
2: the most recent revival, I feel like, didn't push those boundaries very far. Just they, At the end, they had like they had the moment at the end where they to kind of like changed the button for the toy. to like yeah, <laughs> but like they didn't really so when you go to push Center. like. The like feminist agenda at, at all, really?
3: No, no. no which of, is why the end was such a shock. Maybe in the right. production, because, because especially it, it when wasn't you see a show like like for. that
2: at Lincoln Center, like a Lincoln Center likes to do, like a golden age kind of like
3: beautiful show. This
2: is the beautiful version of exactly what and you expected to see, of in the end. Mm-hmm. and then they threw in that little moment to like. Uh,
7: can, can I give yeah. you? Can yes. I give you one example that's not beautiful? That's yes. so brilliant. Yeah, of course. Um, speaking of boyfriends, by the way, I'm sure that this is sort of like you know, there's like one or. Oops, Fifteen people out there going like, I know the story. <laughs> I did fall in love with the director of the show. Sure. I was right out of Yale. I was as smart as a whip. I was like super strong, intellectual kind of an actress, and he was a British and he was a single man. He was, you know, already and I absolutely fell passionately in love with this mm-hmm. with the director. We were a match made in heaven, and so just to just, just just mentioning it, it was it was a passion of mine to see his vision through, mm-hmm. and so one of the I'm so impassioned by it. He has passed away. But it was an absolute. He was an absolute genius. Mm-hmm. Um, went on to have an amazing uh, other relationship, marriage. He has a beautiful family. Um, but he did uh, leave us a couple years ago. But I still feel he wasn't seen, because he was such an intellectual and such an exciting um, person. Um, one of his ideas was that Eliza's entrance in so- into society is dangerous and frightening and ter- and should terrify us. Actually, it shouldn't be just like, wow, she's so pretty. Oh my God, the dress. Like that's mm-hmm. not. It should be like, whoa, where wh- this is a big. This is super. First of all, dangerous. Like so she might be caught. Uh, you know, yeah. caught out and humiliated. Mm-hmm. But also, it's it's a class is really intense. Like if you really pay attention to it, it's yeah. super intense. And the work she did to get there, and the way the way in which Higgins denied her any um, recognition that she actually had propelled her own education. He was always like, oh, I did it. I did it and stuff. So she's yeah. like out yeah. there, scared. Because she actually did it, and she's okay. going to have to teach herself, I did it, right? Yeah. So she's at the top of the stairs, and the way he designed it, which was never seen on Broadway, mm-hmm. Ralph Coltie, also no longer with us, but in one of the great intellectual set designers, he had created a ballroom, which no one ever saw, which were sheets of antique uh, mirror that were in big rectangular um, uh Pieces so large that had they f- they were hung down, so they came down in, in, in like modern art. They came down and not not in one line, like, uh, like yeah. not clear walls. Just the idea of walls, the sure. idea of glass, and they were antique so they looked elegant. But there was an agedness because, of course, society yeah. is age old. And so these big sheets of glass came down very hard to tour with sheets of glass. It made the producers, you know, who hadn't done Chicago yet, and made millions of dollars. They, they made them upset and stressed. And but these were sheets of, of um, mirror that came down, and then a precipitous white, uh, not porcelain, but white um, formica. I think is the word. It's like a kind of of sh- shinyish plastic. Set of stairs, a staircase that came, not like a modern. It's almost like a Guggenheim. Yeah. Oh, Formica. Sure. That's right Formica, Yeah, so like, like white seventies kind of a white, sort of a seventies. Yeah. It was like a like a conceptual art, white staircase without a banister that literally oh. just came out of space and through these shards of glass and like came down oh. in a smooth shape, a beautiful, worthy of MoMA kind of to like line. create
2: the tension, like
7: as she walks down the stairs, you're up you're dying. You're mm-hmm. dying for her safe physical safety, mm-hmm. which was what everybody was upset. Melissa's gonna fall and right. it's gonna have to be a railing. <laughs> I, I, the I dress. Didn't think one minute about that? I thought this is so profound, right? Yeah. And I knew what I was doing. I was very short footed I was 22. I was the same age as Julie Andrews. Right. Which, um, you know, this year we had a more mature act. You know, more yes. mature people yes, in their sure. 40s playing the part, and so on. Um, we still were young. However, the director was also much older than me. So December May can work. It Doesn't mean. Sub- it depends on the 22-year-old. <laughs> that said, like, I, was a sh- I was sure-footed physically, and I didn't mind it. So I, the idea was that Eliza comes down, and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. The experience should be terrifying, uncomfortable, and profound, and you should really feel her entrance. And it should yeah. be beautiful and easy, and a chance for you to say, oh, she's finally made it. Mm-hmm. You should be like, yikes. This is yeah. a big move. Because every yeah. pro-
2: every like production I've ever seen has played it like Cinderella arriving at the ball, yes. Yes. where you Which see the beautiful gown and she, yeah, and, and so then it's right. just yes. about like, oh, is he going to scoop her up and yeah, is she going to fall like, in love tonight? And that's blind, not what you should be thinking about. Yes, it's yeah,
7: blind to the potential ideas in the place. We yeah, got my my director, you know, was was searching for these ideas, and his idea at the very end because there was so much. Um, a, that time, so much involvement. You see, in the old days, the estates would have been like, no, 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 right? Well, mm-hmm. the estates in the old days would never have allowed, like, Eliza to walk out on Higgins or change anything that's no. not mm-hmm. traditional, right? Yeah. Never mind casting and colors and this right. and that, but also meaning. So he was tricky. And so there was this phrenological head, which is sort of a big scientific sort of symbol. And his idea that was in the laboratory, his idea was at the very end of the play to not have us at the laboratory, to not even know where we were. We were in a black space. But to have this big scientific head come out, again, like MoMA or something, conceptually. And he's sitting there and he's hearing her. But there's no literal phonograph where he's hearing her voice back and he's just sitting on the head Hearing her,
2: like finally listening to her, yeah, like a, yeah. Her.
7: And I came around the back, but I was actually on the pedestal of the statue at mm-hmm. the side. And I come around as it's a. So you don't know if it's a dream. He wished it was her, is a fantasy he was That's having, really or that cool. I literally came back. Mm-hmm. But Howard allowed it to be like, did that just happen? Because mm-hmm. he's basically Howard was trying to think of a way to subvert the script. To subvert. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which is wonderful. Wow. And this yeah. is the ni- early... This is not the early... It's like the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I was right out of college and stuff. So so that was my, my for a Lady. And I would have fallen Calvus. in love with all of those too, right? I've got... Cal was yeah. other um, scenes, the bathtub, things, you know, issues of nudity and class and that, you know, were, were also pared down, you know, as we got closer to Broadway. The set was changed. The, mm-hmm. My clothes that were black were turned pink and purple. Mm-hmm. Oh, different. Super weird. Yeah, I, I actually... Stepped out of the show, out of town for a period. I heard my voice on the, um, and came back. Um, you know, the, the tour was long. I came back super healthy, whatever. My clothes had changed
3: color.
4: So you, you left. left.
3: I left the tour for a little while. And yeah, then to get and rest. came back with new clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were you and like, like, did something happen in the wash? <laughs> 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 let's play a game. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Oh, okay. All right. I have a silly game of Plot Points.
2: Great. Oh, fun.
3: So, it's a little different. Do we, we ever I'm... do
2: serious Plot Points? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that, too. Well,
3: I guess all my games are I was silly. like, a yeah, non-serious right, game. Let's do that okay. one day. So, I have two piles in front of us. The way Plot Points works, it's a game that they both know. Um, and you, listening, maybe. Mm-hmm. If you listen ever, you yeah. know this game. Um, basically, I have... Well, today is a little different. So, I have... Um, the name of an ingenue character. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, because I read your Times piece this morning.
7: Yeah, that was my first um, piece of the really? New York Times. Yes, yeah. so and the New York good. Times approached me. I'll just tell you quickly. The yes. New York yeah. Times approached me two years ago. They had read um, an interview, a spoken interview, like this, but that had been transcribed exactly, and that they had, and it was about um, being. Uh, uh, I had an arc on billions, and I was asked to do nudity in the television show. And it turns out... Well, I had to agree, but it turns out that when you get a job to do a whole sex scene, there's a whole lot of... um uh, negotiations, very clear contractual things you have to agree to or not agree to, this nipple of that oh, thing wow. and this crack and that, not that crack, you know. Right. <laughs> 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 right. But there's oh, clauses wow. in this for everything, so negotiating nudity is, a, is an interesting task. So I had done some interview about this, and as it turns out, I was expecting, I was supposed to be sleeping with like this, I don't know, this a book publisher, I was trying to get my book published, this character... And I was expecting this hot guy, and it turns out it was this 72-year-old man who was my coach to get me the job in my fair Austin Pendleton, who's one of America's oh, greatest yeah, dir- yeah. Uh, directors and, and actors. Yes. He worked with, like, Model? Orson Wells. Like, he, yes, yes yeah. he goes back to the Stone Age, right? Sure. Nicest man in mm. the world. He was at Yale, class of '61, with my father. Oh wow! Right. So Ooh. I, when I got to the sex day, I had already sort of been spray painted. and the Working out day. for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. My god, he was perfect, and I was just like freaked out. I look at the call sheet, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to have to sit on Austin Pendleton. That's not in the contract. I have to learn, by the way, the Sex and the City trick, which is that when you have to sit on a person, mm-hmm. the way they do it um, is they fold a bunch of towel. Ta- well, one large towel or a series of smaller hand towels and they create like a little mountain on his thing so that you don't see his thing or uh-huh. sit on his thing. <laughs> right. And you sit on all these towel mountains. <laughs> <I don't
2: laughs> a mountain um, of I towels. that's
7: very, um, you know, educational. No, it's oh, yes. <laughs> oh, of now. oh, yeah. Yes. There. That's how it's done. Anyway, <laughs>
2: to, sit so, to sit on your mentor. on your
7: mentor. Anyway, so I had, done, I, had, I had done this like a kind of funny interview. I um, was very uh, grateful to this amazing publicist that I was working with at the time, and I still work with, named Sam Morris. Everybody call him. Um, he'd got me all these great interviews, and that was for Gotham. And the, the New York Times mm. read that, and then they called me out of the blue, and they said, we were just thinking that maybe you could write for the Times. And I was like, What? Uh, you, hello? <laughs> You're crazy, call my agent. <laughs> like, if he's talking to me right now. So, um, he said, what's going on in your life? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, what do you mean nothing? I'm like, there's nothing. I said, I'm getting asked to do Finian's Rainbow again, which I've done like three, t- three times. I'm now too old. And he goes, that's funny. And I said, it's not funny. <laughs> 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 said, really As funny. we all laugh, and right? Yeah. I was like, it's not funny. I'm so old, I so said, I'm going to get arrested. There's the Ingenue <laughs> police will come and me. <laughs> <laughs> they're and like, like, this how is not allowed. allowed. And that's so, fine. Fine. so you can now Google Melissa Errico Ingenue and New York Times. And you can read, like and, and that is what happened. It's like the police are at the door, and I'm being taken away. I want
4: to Google so. the Ingenue police. Yeah.
7: <laughs> I invented, a, well, here's yeah. one one little quick aside, which was that my my experience of being an ingenue was, you know, uh, as, I'm, uh, as I'm implying, it went on too long. And um, I I think I coined the idea that I'm the terminal ingenue, which may inspire the game about to <laughs> terminal. The terminal, type, the terminal ingenue. And I had, you know, all the ingenues I played, like I tried to do interesting things and make them, you know, not just ingenues. I tried yeah. to make them, you know, erotic and mean, as we discussed, Dracula, mean... In that, I, believe, I, I
4: believe it's Amina. <laughs> yeah, <but that's>
7: okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, so um, and that was the you know that was the moment where you know uh, I tried to make it things edgier and you know Kelly was willing to do it and we did we both did nudity actually in that play, and um, then I was writing about that and I created the word. Ingenuity. <laughs> oh. and Scott was like, no, that's just like the New York Times doesn't do wordplay. That's too much like the New Yorker. And I was like, I got it in print. I got it in print. I'm very tenacious in the editing room. I, like, oh, I love
6: oh, the Ingenuity. There's this whole
7: other side to my personality which is like his his Girl Friday side which is <laughs> like, <laughs> I, Once I get like a commitment from the Times and like I've had a bunch of pieces now, like once we get rolling, I can openly say this if like, they're all listening, I love these people, mm. I love the, I love news people, I'm sure. sure I love news people in every publication, I just happen to have been working there, and they are so interesting I love fact checkers, and, and spell checkers and people who ask you all these crazy questions and then change everything, and you're like, whoa no. oh. but they know they change the meaning by changing the words, by doing it, they change a lot like yeah. writing is sure. not it doesn't, it's not always your exact sentences mm-hmm. like they, they, hmm. they have to fiddle, because they have to condense ideas, they can sometimes sometimes you have a whole thought that's gone and then you go and you like beg this like young 30 year old guy you're like please that whole idea is gone now and they'll come they'll come back to you in 5 minutes they'll call you back or send it right through your computer and in a fragment an aside not a parenthesis but like a parenthesis yes. uh-huh. they'll they'll get all that information into like six words just creating it they're so good with words yeah. and they yeah. know what you're t- trying to defend and they'll go and get it for you and i love that process because i'll That's be spectacular. like spectacular i'll go and i'll just scream I'm, but you're missing the whole point because and they're like what 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 point and i'm like this point mm-hmm. and they're like got it like we work really well they're not like she is That's really so cool. cuckoo bird yeah. they're not like that they're like melissa's not cuckoo melissa's got a point and they come back to me with like a six word solution and i'm like thank you
2: That's
5: awesome. awesome. It's really
7: fun. It's really fun. So you
2: get your point. They get their word count. It all works out. (laughs)
7: It's collaborative. And as is our
3: business, it's so collaborative. Let's bookmark that. Yeah. Let's bookmark that. So plot points. I have a pile of ingenues. Okay. And I have a pile of songs sung by not ingenues. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. And so the idea of the game is that you will draw one of each and you will sing the tune of the song, but trying to get us to guess the ingenue you've pulled. Okay. okay. I'm just getting over a cold, so don't judge me. Okay. That is fine. So are we all. Yeah, all <laughs> okay. It is New York in fall. Okay. We have okay. all been sick. I work with kids. <laughs> okay. Like. Okay. Uh, Kevin will start so that.
2: Okay, so we're going to try to make this work. Okay. Um, she loves to dance and she is in a show. It's defying, the it's defying Gravity. And she is a young girl off the bus who wants to be Violet? in a Broadway show. 42nd Street. Oh.
7: The, the girl from 42nd Street. Yeah. Um, the Bond. Uh, it's not Peggy Reese's Sawyer. Part. Yes. The other one, Peggy. There you
4: go. <laughs> I was like, bus, Violet? Nope, very different.
7: <laughs> very <laughs> different. It, was, it, it was different. wasn't Adina Menzel. It was... Yeah, it was, uh, oh, was so Defying Gravity and Peggy Sawyer. That's defined not an,
3: an party. That's, an yeah. part. That's um, the point. So oh, the song the is not oh, an option. Okay, okay, okay. And the person is. Okay, 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 okay. It's the opposite. Okay.
4: okay. Sure, go for it. Yeah.
3: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> this, is um, this is clever. Let's see. What's new in that birdcage? There's a bird and a boy looking out the street. It's Joanna. Joanna
2: from, uh, and it's uh, Buenos Aires.
3: Yes! Whoa. <laughs>
7: right, I got this. Go okay. Far. I don't know what this is going to be, but here we go. One, and mix, mix, mix. Okay. Oh, this is funny. Okay. Oh, um, so, I have to sing her song? That's the song I should sing. Yes. But with her voice. We're describing oh, we're trying her. trying to get us to guess her. To you're not going to like that I got this one it's kind of it's like too easy but
2: sure
7: I'm a cockney I'm a need my teacher want to go you, to the ball you,
4: you, <laughs> is it do like, and maybe this time?
7: yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course that's what you
4: pulled
5: <laughs> exactly.
4: <Right>. sure okay
5: <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, you have played a lot of ingenues, so you've probably played quite a few exactly. of those. A
7: few from so the resident. It's just her resident. Oh yeah, yeah, that was handy.
4: <laughs> you.
2: Okay.
3: A few that I like.
4: I started as a girl, and then
3: da, 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 da.
4: I became. <laughs> I put on leather and was accepted by the whole school. Nobody rain oh, it's, it's, on my. It's
2: Sandy from Greece. <laughs> yes. To Don't rain on my parade. Yes. That's amazing. (laughs) That show has a bad message. Can we just put that out there again? Yeah, yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday.
0: Let's talk about your new album. No, let's, let's
7: talk do... about my album, because we yeah, have let's to. let's do it. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, actually. I <laughs> <did>. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I, no, we could do, you want to do one more song? Nah, we're fine. Okay. Yeah, well, we're good. We would. Let's talk First about I the, the album. Eliza.
4: We're not going to top you pulling Eliza, so. Yeah. I mean, no,
7: no, no, but here's what we, what we did miss was Joanna, Everything's Coming Up Roses, Worst Pies in London, those are the songs. Okay, hang on, let's go through the engineers quickly. Oh, Cosette. Christine Daae, I didn't do because I chose to go back to college. Oh. oh, yeah! I was really? asked to do it. Yeah, after Cosette, I was asked to do that, and I chose to go back to college. I was a, I was a freshman at Yale, mm-hmm. and I dropped out to do Cosette, and I dropped out in the middle of my freshman year, and then I was gone for fifth uh, for the entire freshman year, and then the entire next year.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: And then if I had done the Fantastic. fantasy, forget it. Yeah, I would mean, yeah. be You'd like be thirty when I came back to college. You know. <laughs> So I um so I never. Got so that was point.
2: important to you to make sure you got your degree.
7: It was important to me to make sure I got my degree. I was actually very interested in art history, oh, and I think that was my sister's is was whole your thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my sister has that. her
3: uh, graduate degree, and she manages an art studio.
7: I love it, you know, and and sort of in the, in in me too style. Um, I'm not going to be like give you like big sob story, but um, I was a natural intellectual. I loved Yale. I wanted to go back and do art history, and I think. Whole side of myself was meant to be um, a, uh, someone who writes and speaks and and, and 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 researches and maybe I could have gone into art history, but at my senior year and at Yale, a professor was grossly inappropriate one day and freaked me out, and I felt mm-hmm. demoralized because he had been my thesis advisor. So I mean, we worked together oh, for no. the entire year yeah. on the most powerful sort of aspect of my education. And to all come to this yeah. thing, where they, they gave me the chance to write a thesis which was a graduate thesis mm-hmm. as an undergraduate. Wow. And I did it. And mm-hmm. it was great. And it was really cool. 15th century painter of Italian. And I was like that good at it. And he was my like everyday kind of person. And then he mm-hmm. just like went at me like it was late very uh, toward the end of the semester. <sighs> Right before I graduated, like like a week or two before we graduated, and my I, I was so that horrified. Whole thing is the tarnished. whole thing went away from me. Yeah, yeah. I just Melissa as a smart person, except the occasional like play where I really attached myself to the ideas, like you know, which the, one of the early ones was my Fair Lady.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: But the whole like confidence to be like, a, like yeah. a an intellectual person went way out the window. I think it's only started coming back when, since I've been writing and I have three kids. But status that's
2: not an, an un- uncommon story.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I was oh, yeah. very you know bummed out, and just sort of like ugh. But anyway, so like until being a being a like intellectual person is something that I sort of keep taking some ownership, you know. Yeah. Over. yeah. Yeah. More now that I'm a mother to these girls, you know, there's like yeah, so see, I have know. like yeah, and I sort of like we have to all evolve, you know. And one of the things that I have done my whole life is I very quickly put a very intelligent men on a pedestal. Like I have done that all the time. I spent the last three years. Doing that in a completely positive and and you know passionate and sort of maybe the first most brainy uh, passionately brainy light was the Sondheim album that I made. Sure, and which It was amazing album. Thank you. And and it was so uh, rapturously received. And the idea that was called Sondheim Sublime. Mm-hmm. The idea of the sublime is a um, sublime is an art movement.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: The idea of the sublime. It's an actual um, English. Uh, Movement in Romantic painting of uh, painters uh, showing scenes of Mother Nature in really violent uh, ways, like uh, storms and and glaciers cracking and high in high high uh, precipitous mountains. So you feel sort of the danger of Mother Nature. So things that are beautiful but terrifying.
5: Mm-hmm. I love and I that. thought the
7: idea of beauty yeah. and terror. Sondheim. Put together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So that's perfect a whole sense. other thing. And right. so I spent my my whole year, you know, or all those. The, it was a three-year process, but all last year touring mm-hmm. uh, Sondheim concert. And then um, in January, Michelle Legrand died. And Michelle mm-hmm. Legrand was a guy who I, I um, do I have like two minutes more to talk? Yeah, yeah of course. course. So. Like, like, I don't want to go on and on. But, no, but no, no. Michelle no, no. Legrand is my current project because he passed away in January. And I had... Um, also, known him very well. Another powerful man, a multi-Oscar winner. He wrote *Yentl* for Barbra Streisand, and um, but many, many movies. I mean, well, meaning many equal like three hundred plus movies. And he was honored at the Oscars this year. And um, he had never done a Broadway show. And he wrote *Amour*, which was mm-hmm. in Paris mm-hmm. as *Le Passe Muraille*. This play. And I was living in Hollywood at the time, doing television and film, and you know all that. Stuff that wasn't that wor- worth my time, but I did it, um, as all Broadway actors do. You right. Course, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. time to get famous. Let's go over there. And so <laughs> to I was. And, and one of my Hollywood managers over there was saying, "Oh, there's this musical in New York. They want you to audition for." And I looked at the paper, and it said Michelle Legrand, music. And I said, I mean, "James Lepine was the director." I said, "Michelle <gasps> Legrand, wrote a musical!" And the manager, this was a female, and she said, "Oh, I know. I know. I love her." I love Missy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like, LA thing she could say I flew back I got the part I met James Lapine that's how I met Sondheim because okay. he came to see the workshop of that and then I did oh. Sunday in the Park with George which is another art history thing mm-hmm. Yes, of course. George Surratt I mean I was just like, like I was just on fire mm-hmm. yeah. for that and that's when I volunteered right away the first day I met Sondheim would you mind making a change to the color and light sequence I have this idea an art history based idea yeah. of doing it naked in the bathtub because bathers and bathtubs are so super so impressionist yeah. and so appropriate they loved that and I the first day I met Sondheim I was like "Would you mind changing a bunch of things can I get naked? <laughs> 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 he had to change the whole thing and he had to change words and things wow. um which which oh like nothing fits me anymore well I had to do more soap instead of more red and more rouge and more makeup she was in water so she had to be yep. doing things that were liquid like a little more oil and scent and soap so he he put different rhymes in and um, but That's I had amazing. I was so young That's and I was so, so cool. brazen I was just like Sondheim yeah. could you? <laughs> for me. would you hide this Sondheim would you some notes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, that so this is all my you know my early thirties, and then I did work with Michelle Legrand. I did a more it was incredible when mm-hmm. it was over. Um, Michelle had this idea to do a symphony Well, he, I've written prolifically about this um, in, in French and in English. Actually, there's some essays online. My life with Michel Legrand was incredible because it even preceded meeting him. Then my father used to play Michel Legrand mm. the sixties. The Vietnam War, all this stuff. It's like I, I was meant to meet this uh, titan, uh-huh. yeah, and this was a positive titan. Michelle was never, and so was Sondheim, by the way, both of them were s- deeply respectful and so different, one being this most intellectual, really a, a, a appeal to my intellect and so on, but Michelle really openly uh, appeals to a more erotic, sensual nature and fantasy based, you know, he's a French, he's mm-hmm. another, it's all about another thing, yeah, yeah it's all about <clears throat> desire, and seduction, and it's French, you know, so, yeah. anyway, so, so Michel Legrand was, you know, we did an album, yep. a symphonic album, and that was a long time ago, mm-hmm. and um, I'm re-releasing it right now, mm-hmm. in the wake of his uh, passing, and in the wake of writing um, a re- requiem to him in the Times, mm-hmm. and then I got asked to do all his memorials in Europe. Yeah, now it was like I a really two-day
4: experience, right, or... What, in Europe? The um,
7: well, the well, the the the, I did a tribute, I think the tribute concert in Paris. Yes, yes, that's the one I'm speaking about. It's like the Radio City Music Hall of Paris, Mm -hmm. it's called Le Grand Rex. It's ridiculous, and nobody there was, never mind British. American, nobody, it was, it's the, all the coolest people in Europe came out mm. for his first big memorial, mm. including his family, his wife, his son, and the Kevin, best jazz musicians. There. Yeah, I was there. This is <laughs> so <laughs> not, this is not even our, our world. Yeah. 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 yeah still, these are like the most famous accordionists in the world, like people with, you know, who play the accordion, who have an entourage of agents, mm-hmm. business people. Still. Right. It was a men's club of jazz stars. And there were a few women to sing. hmm um, French stars and uh, one Greek Nana Muscuri Masc- M- who's like uh, was sold millions and millions of records she's the Streisand of Europe mm. she's 87 oh. maybe mm-hmm. she's so she they got her out there she was so cool with the big glasses and stuff Nana awesome. so I was a part of the French memorial and Notre Dame burned up Burns down the night before, oh. and then Trump comes out and says, "You know, we should have put water balloons or whatever right. to make a, fix it." You know, like whatever his great idea was, and it was just not. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, I forgot about super soakers. Oh I wrote a quick speech mm-hmm. in French with um, a counselor's help to make sure it was right, and I actually ran it by some of the singers too to make sure the accent was right. And I said something like, um, "You know, bonsoir." Uh, like I want to say something. Uh, 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 juste uh, je je veux uh, dire juste un petit mot I just want to say one little thing nous uh, nous les Américains uh, we Americans sommes toujours avec vous Paris surtout som- cette <inaudible> semaine we Americans are always with you Paris especially this week because mm. it was over these couple yeah. of yeah, yeah. and so on and the place went crazy mm. N- just to be an American who like struggled through like a little sentence about yeah, yeah. that yeah. and just it just to connect the, to connect yeah. and I came out and sang and then I made friends all over I'm sure his biographers people in Hollywood mm-hmm. all over France yeah, and yeah. i have been invited back and went back and did the Royal Festival Hall in mm-hmm. London same people cool the best guitar players in, you know, Marseille and Paris. And yeah. everyone And then the Ronnie Scott's Jazz Orchestra of London played the London concert. So, you know, now I'm going back and doing Radio France. Cool. December 2nd. That's amazing. And Thierry Elias, like this famous pianist, you know, and I are getting together and Sylvain Luc and I are probably going to do like some, some recordings. I've just met these people and we shared this affection for Michel Legrand. Mm-hmm. So I went back into the studio at the end of August and I recorded... Um, four new tracks, including the last song that Michelle Legrand ever wrote.
6: Oh, wow.
7: With the Bergmans, actually. Mm -hmm. And, um, merely because I wrote a quick email to Marilyn asking her what she'd love me to record if I was going to redo a tribute. Sure. And stuff. And she said, this, this, and this, you wanted Little Boy Lost, which, you know, is out already. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said, is Hurry Home the last song you ever wrote with Michelle? Hurry Home is a single that I put out in 2017. You know, look, I'm not working. I'm not getting, you know, the Barabi phone calls. You know, at the moment, I'm raising kids, and I'm doing well. But sometimes I record stuff and put out a single or do concerts and cabaret. This is how I've had to stay. Everybody has their thing. Well, yeah. get, You know, go to yeah. the gym yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to keep busy or you're going to just or just walk out and quit. I've chosen not to quit. So this world has kept me going and so i I harked back to two years ago i did a single called hurry home i said was that your last song with michelle and she said no and she attaches it on an email this is the last song i ever wrote with michelle i would love to hear you sing it and i was like Uh, sing it hmm. does barbara have this song (laughs) 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 so i took that song and um we recorded it and it's coming out um, as a single on November first, but it's mm-hmm. the whole album comes out November eighth. Yep. I don't know when you air, but this
4: is uh, that's going to come out a couple days after you're hearing this. So this this I can't do the today science is science on that. so okay, the day is like the fifth. You're listening to this on the fifth, listeners. So the album comes out. Oh, on so the Oh, so you can
7: have it already. But we yeah, have so, the uh, so single on yeah. the fifth, you can have that yeah. single. It's called "I Haven't Thought of This in Quite a While," mm-hmm. and it's the last song he ever wrote. And the three singles will be out by that point, point. and. Um, and it's just a, it's a masterpiece, mm-hmm. and I did it in London as a debut for the song, mm-hmm. a public debut, and people were just like, "What?" You know. So he he finished with a, on a high. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I can't wait to in hear terms it. of like you know my journey, like I've been admiring you know these kind of men and brilliant men and so on, and I think when I did the original album, which was an orchestral album, Ooh. I was glad to be one of the other one of the many instruments. There were one hundred. Pieces in the orchestra. Oh. And I was like, he conceived that I was like the, one of the flutes. And I was fine to be, oh, to sublimate that's myself. So cool. But now that I'm older, I feel like it's my. Yeah, t- mm-hmm. Michelle Legrand. I think I've now. I think this this particular album re- represents like the whole Melissa story. Sure. Because I've really stepped forward as his as an interpreter, someone who knew him, someone who can um, be a biographer for him yeah. and, uh, and love him, but also step forward as a singer. I mean, you'll really hear on these new tracks, like there's no. I'm not blending into <laughs> right. an orchestra. Yeah. It's me and my, it's my you. Band. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, have I'm you proud
4: of it. have you ever performed in?
2: Tuesdays oh. in the corner with Kevin. No.
3: Kevin's corner. Well, let's welcome to Kevin's I got corner. I'm terrified where, for a minute. Uh,
2: I ask some fun and zany questions. And today I Googled top 25 weirdest interview questions. And so these are what came up. So I'm just going to ask you like three of them. Okay. And we'll see what happens. Um, we
7: haven't already hit those? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. You Don't you worry. answers. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: Um, if you were a box of cereal, what would you be and why?
7: <laughs> um, if I was a box of cereal. I want to just say something funny about Wheaties because my husband is a tennis player, yeah, uh-huh. and he was on the Wheaties box no. <laughs> we had
6: in the house, of course. We
7: <laughs> <in a little laughs> plastic box, yeah. you know. Yes. So, um, if, if but that's him. If he was, he's a if I was, he already box is a cereal, of cereal box. <laughs> um, um, maybe it's something with cinnamon.
2: Okay. A
3: Toast
7: Crunch? Cinnamon squares of some kind. How about life cereal with cinnamon? Ooh. That
2: is my favorite. I like that. Because I'm kind
7: of a life type person. The word I like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is a really, I hope I gave that meaning. No, that was perfect. did did not deserve it.
2: If if.
7: I just snorted, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You're a new,
2: you're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why?
7: A golden green of some kind.
4: Ooh.
2: A
7: golden green, a combination of the the shimmer that you feel in the Greek islands and, the, and oh. an olive tree. Mm. Oh, that's really nice. That's a really good <laughs> answer. <laughs> She's
2: taking these ridiculous questions and giving us lovely <laughs> okay. things. <to> <laughs>
6: I'm trying to give the stupid question. Okay. A like uh, really uh, beautiful poetic answer. Like the <laughs> sublimity thing. Yeah. Melissa, like, woo.
2: Okay, Um Have you ever been on a boat? (laughs) That is the twenty fifth most weird question to ask. I'm going to tell you, actually,
7: I have been on a boat, and I go on a boat once a year with my best friend. My best friend um, has a sailboat. Her Mm -hmm. husband is a sailor, and he um, can do it all by himself. This massive wooden sailboat. Whoa! And, And she lives out. Um, in the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and um, we used to be raising our kids together in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I had to move out of the city for different reasons. I have a tennis-playing daughter, and mm-hmm. it's just better and healthier for girls, I think, to not be in Manhattan mm-hmm. all the time. Sure. She moved out far away um, with an autistic son, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But once a year, for sh- she goes out almost every day with her. That's, really? that's their chance to calm down and just be together as a couple. Mm-hmm. He sails her out, but they oh, always don't see find my dad time on a boat. <laughs> they always find time and I always find time in my calendar to get out to the Hamptons and mm-hmm. get on that sailboat. And I know that um I won't say the sailor's name, the husband, he has that big wheel and I know he watches me and Beth Until we're calm, both of us, and we go out and we sit at the very tip Mm. and we get into these deep conversations and sometimes like so much time goes by and I'll like realize, I'll look back and I'll realize that the husband is protecting our friendship. Mm. He wants this ride and he wants the two of us, he wants this like jumpy actress friend and his wife to just talk. Yeah. And like that ride, we love it. We just live for that ride on a boat. So I did. That's I so think beautiful I succeeded. <laughs> 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 I mean, the question. I know, and this is the last <laughs> question,
2: but I'm going to ask you because of your husband. Uh, why? Why is a tennis ball fuzzy? That's on the list. It's on the list. All right. These are questions that were I asked to people interviewing for jobs. I found, what
7: under, I found jobs. one in my sink yesterday. I was doing dirty dishes. It's on my <laughs> Facebook page. <I'm> <laughs> I literally was, was doing the dishes, I was like, "There's a tennis ball in like a in a water bottle thing, like a like a smoothie cup thing." But it was like you can see it's all the disgusting pasta and like the gross <laughs> thing. And there was—you find tennis balls everywhere in my house. I never would have thought. In a to very think, fuzzy yeah. Ball.
4: You Why don't know it's it from it the fuzzy? dog, from the I husband, it from seems the like daughter. a
7: graphic
6: question. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs>
4: and this has been Kevin's corner. Um, that brings us to our episode. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. Yeah. This this was so nice. much fun. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, yeah, we you could can talk to
3: you for hours. <laughs> uh,
4: just remember, you can follow her at Melissa underscore Erico. Um, you can also, don't forget to uh, pick up her new album. Um, again, that is Grande Affair, the songs of Michelle Legrand. Uh, November 8th is the full album. Uh, you can also see her at 54 Below. Um um, the 7th and the yeah, 8th grab those
7: tickets yeah. 7, 8, and 9
4: 7, 8, and 9 um, at, s- at 7 p.m. slot yeah, really um, so uh, take a look at those you can follow us at Broad Wasted yeah, uh, that's us you can find yeah. us on Twitter, Instagram our Facebook group Patreon yes. um, all those fun things um, find us on Spotify iTunes rate and review us there five, five stars, stars please, please. thank you um, and then you can find us on the Broadway Podcast Network that's bpn.fm backslash Broad that's us um, but we end every episode with a quote oh yeah, yeah. And today says, blood will done run down his face when he is decapitated. Ah, his head on my mantle is how I will let him know how much I love you. Die, die, die. I can't. That is Dracula's lament from Forgetting Sarah
7: Marshall. That wasn't on
4: my show, was it? No, 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 no. Oh. That was oh. the oh, movie
7: Forgetting Sarah be... Marshall. It's oh, like a parody okay. of Dracula. Oh, thank you. I'm no. been
2: blocked
3: out. Of it. But I was <laughs> like, ah, like, oh, you said die. We did have like, a Dracula die. bookend. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> um,
2: die, die
4: but again thank you so much for joining us we yeah, really appre- you're so busy we so appreciate you being
7: here oh, it's my thank pleasure. you I'll get um, home for bedtime
4: don't worry and the the cheers y- cheers thank you speaking of grace